what what you're saying is is very interesting because it it seems to be that entrepreneurialism is a mindset is sort of a personality and it doesn't matter what the environment if a person has the proclivity they're going to do it wherever they are um well if your uh emphasis is on uh entrepreneurialism definitely and i i want to maybe take it to another place uh which is also unexpected but at least it's relevant and um it has to do with like growing up in the 60s in, in America. And that when you grow up in the 60s in America, you're an anarchist. And the, the, the police are pigs, not, not very different from what they are. I don't know what name they're called today. But uh, we didn't think of defunding them. We, we were just happy if they didn't shoot us. And uh, the, the police were like the enemy. The establishment was uh, evil. Anybody over 30 was just so brain dead that we had nothing to do. And the idea of fighting for peace, there is some kind of uh, illogical rationale behind that, fighting for peace. And they kept explaining that we have to die in Vietnam so that we can fight for peace. And we just didn't understand that. And we said, well, why don't we have like love for peace and peace for peace instead of fighting for peace. And we didn't really want to go and die in Vietnam. And it was really hard to explain to us the importance of uh, dying in the Mekong jungle. And um, it wasn't something to talk to us. Anyway, I grew up as, as a kind of anarchist, like anybody, anybody who like was in tune with what was happening in America in the 60s was part of this like Woodstock culture of one, two, three, what are we fighting for? And like, we just wanted to bring a revolution. and uh, that, that was it. So like you grow up in this revolutionary culture idea and um, it kind of stayed with me. And that even though like I probably don't look like the common 70 uh, year old biker that you might find who is a survivor of Woodstock, uh, I, I actually am very much uh, a revolutionary anarchist who uh, is antagonistic to the status quo and the, to the establishment. And in order to be an entrepreneur, you have to, you can't be friends with the status quo and that you really have to say the status quo has to go and then you can move to the next stage. And the next, that's like, that's like, first of all, that's like the mindset, the underlying mindset of an entrepreneur is that he cannot agree that the status quo will remain. Now that in itself is not a usual thing. I don't know the percentage of entrepreneurs, but like, I would guess uh, 999 people out of a thousand like the status quo. It gives them a sense of security and uh, it makes them comfortable. The fact that they know that they're gonna do tomorrow what they did yesterday. But you have like these people that it makes them insecure and they say, oh, the status quo, that's like our greatest enemy. And then if we want the world to go forward, we're going to have to change the status quo and see that tomorrow will arrive today. And then you're gonna to have to do and change things. And that's also one of the reasons why there's always a lot of um, difficulty getting a startup put together. Because especially uh, if it's a startup in, in a field that exists, if you're starting something that doesn't exist, then that's fine. But if, if something already exists and you wanna improve it, for instance, education in a school system, 
soon as you're going to make a new school, everybody who has a school and who has the status quo is going to come out against you and said, oh, well, you're changing the status quo. Uh, the status quo is us. We are the status quo. We like the status quo. We want to keep the status quo. The status quo does not include you. You are not part of the status quo. Goodbye. And then they're going to do everything that they can to mitigate against your success and to see that uh, you don't do it. So it's definitely, aside from just wanting a change, you have to have a certain amount of thick skin and fortitude to actually uh, know that everybody, everybody is gonna say that uh, it's a stupid idea, don't do it, don't change things, and you just have to really go against the grain. Maybe I'll add like an interesting antidote with that. Uh, every time I make a school, everybody tells me it's a stupid, stupid idea. Do not make the school. Uh, this is really ridiculous, it's not gonna work, it's a bad idea, it's going to uh, impact negatively everyone else. Now also, the King Solomon Academy that I just made, uh, I, I asked the OU and they said, oh, it's a very bad idea. It's going to impact negatively registration in the Hebrew day schools and um, you should not do it. And I didn't expect a different answer. I don't see them as uh, the world leaders in entrepreneurship and uh, leading the, the world into to new things. But um, the basic idea is uh, oh, the basic idea is that uh, people are gonna come out against you. Uh, one of the things that, that happened is that I once actually did do something which was stupid and it was a stupid idea to make the school, but there was no way of knowing. And everybody then told me, well, we told you so, we told you it was a stupid idea. How come you did this? How come you made the school? And I said, well, every time I make a school, you tell me it's a stupid idea. And there's really no way of knowing ahead of time which stupid idea is really a stupid idea and which isn't. And that it's true, you were right this time. Uh, which brings me to another trait for entrepreneurs. And that is that a lot of people are afraid of failing. They don't wanna fail. And that if you don't wanna fail, then it's not for you. You should kind of stick with the status quo, stay easy, you won't fail, you won't succeed but at least you won't fail. And you'll just kind of uh, hang in there with the flow. And uh, you have to be ready to take a fall and, and to lose money. And uh, I went around the world and I talked to a lot of uh, entrepreneurs around the world and there was a common denominator. The common denominator was that they all went bankrupt or they lost money or they just flopped and, and just didn't do anything. And, um, I'll tell you an anecdote that uh, after uh, one of my schools that I made, it didn't flop, but it was just so far from what I wanted to do that I was disillusioned. So I went to one of my uh, funders, a person that, that helps me uh, with money, and uh, he has like a giant multi-million uh, uh, dollar business. And um, I asked him, I said, well, well, maybe you can encourage me. And he said, yeah, listen, I just came back from Italy and uh, I spent $30,000 on a show in Italy and it was worth nothing. And it was just totally nothing. And then um, my staff uh, all you know, said, well, we told you it was worth this. We told you it was a bad idea. How come we just did this? And then I went back and I told my staff, how come you didn't tell me this uh, when we went to Las Vegas? 
and we went to Las Vegas, we did the same thing, and there it worked out and it panned out. And that what you have to do is you have to simply try and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And uh, I saw that it didn't phase him in the least, the fact that he spent $30,000 trying to make a show in Italy and it just didn't work. He said, well, that, that's what you do. You try and he said, you know what? If I wouldn't have tried and I wouldn't have gone to Italy to try to do this show, then I would have really felt bad that I'm a wimp and that I don't know how to do business. But the fact that I went and I did it, then I feel good about myself. So it's the same thing with schools that uh, you have to be willing to, to dare, you have to be willing to fail, and uh, you have to be willing to work hard to change the status quo from something that doesn't exist to something that does.